0: Is sharing the gospel supposed to be easy?
1: That's what I thought, but it turns out sharing the gospel is supposed to be
0: real. Listen in. Welcome to A Word from Our Outpost
1: with Joseph and Crystal Gruber,
0: a podcast for captive disciples who are wrestling be missionary-minded in their normal, everyday lives. In the name
1: of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, teach us to pray. Heavenly Father, help us to know what it means that we are your sons and daughters. Jesus, help us to imitate you more perfectly. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. So, Joseph.
0: So, Crystal.
1: You've been spending a fair bit of time reading magisterial documents.
0: Have I now? I th- more than most people. Maybe some might say I'm binge reading them. <laughs>
1: That seems about accurate. And a lot of them are about catechesis and evangelization?
0: Uh, all of them, I think. Well...
1: You're focusing in on the magisterial documents that are about those things.
0: Right. So, John Paul II's Catechisi Tridende, uh, Redemptoris Missio, Pope Paul VI's Evangelii Nunciandi, the General Catechetical Directory, and the General Directory... Of catechesis, which are different documents, apparently. (laughs) And the National Directory for Catechesis and a whole bunch of other documents. Including some, like Evangelii Precones, which is, I think, Pope Pius XII? Random. I mean, that one wasn't as relevant to lay people. um, But it was probably good that I at least skimmed it.
1: So... Are these all related? Yeah, they're it...
0: about evangelization and catechesis. Trying to figure out. Um, so, listeners, um, I've been trying to figure out if the church has like some really uh, basic structures for the formation of us as lay people to be missionary disciples. And it's like, wh- where's the curriculum that we're supposed to follow? What should we be reading? and when, with whom. And uh, there there haven't been any neon lights around any of the segments yet. So I've been having to take my time and uh, go more slowly. So if you guys know of a really concrete curriculum for disciples to follow from uh, A to Z, uh, then let me know. Um, but in the
1: meanwhile, there seems to be, in addition to catechesis and evangelization or maybe rather where those things come from the heart of the matter
0: right the heart of the matter and the interesting thing is most of these documents will say uh, you know catechesis is just basically unpacking the the kerygma the basic pronoun- the pronunciation of the gospel evangelization is just preaching the gospel um, so it, it's it's just all about unpacking what the gospel is what the good news really is about um, and since the good news is about uh, Jesus, um, it, it's all about directing people's gaze to the face of Christ. Um, John Paul II talks about this in Novo Millenio Inuente, um, where he talks about the fruit of the Jubilee year was just the opportunity to gaze upon, to contemplate the face of Christ. Um, And so when we have things like from Evangelii Nunciandi, where Pope Paul VI says, Evangelizing is in fact the grace and vocation proper to the church, her deepest identity. She exists in order to evangelize, that is to say, in order to preach and teach, to be the channel of the gift of grace, to reconcile sinners with God, and to perpetuate Christ's sacrifice in the Mass, which is the memorial of his death and glorious resurrection, He's saying, the church exists to manifest to the world the face of Christ so that the world might be converted. Um, that was chapter, uh, paragraph 14, Evangelii Nunciandi. I did collect a few quotes for this one. You did. Um,
1: did you want to share the other quote as well?
0: Well, I didn't know when else I was going to say it. So since you brought it up, that's a segue. <laughs> paragraph 24, uh, it's sort of a convicting one. Uh, finally, the person who has been evangelized goes on to evangelize others. Here lies the test of truth, the touchstone of evangelization. It is unthinkable that a person should accept the word and give himself to the kingdom without becoming a person who bears witness to it and proclaims it in his turn, which is just is just crazy to think about the 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 test of truth um is that a person who has been evangelized goes on to evangelize others. Um, so there's this question, you know, how do I know if I've been evangelized? Am I evangelizing other people?
1: So I think that your story from a grad student Bible study you led once upon a time.
0: Years and years ago.
1: Is a really great um, image. It's not an image. A really great story. that Illustration. That, illustration of what that looks like, practically, simply speaking.
0: Yeah, so I was studying the Bible with, um, oh gosh, probably somewhere between 10 and 15 guys on a Friday evening, because that's what we did, is we studied the Bible on Friday evenings. they were nerdy
1: grad students.
0: They were nerdy grad students, the best kind. Um, and we were talking about the, the basic gospel message, that, that we are loved by God that God's love is transformative, that he desires us to be holy, and that we are his sons and daughters. And and, and they were nerdy. I was nerdy. It, it was getting really heady. And I, I stopped the conversation and I said, "What what would change if we remembered who we are in the light of the gospel? What would change in our lives if we remembered this from moment to moment? And the room went quiet, which I think is a good sign for a question. And one of the guys, he he was uh, staring down for quite a bit of time. And I remember him looking up, and just saying very matter of factly, "Everything, everything would change if I remembered who I was in the light of the gospel." Um, and it was this moment of, um, at least for me, a profound realization that, uh, I don't think I at that time really believed that everything would change. And so I said, well, let's put this to the test. How can we help each other to remember? And somebody, because they were quite intelligent, said, well, we could remind one another. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, what would that look like? I don't know. Every time we see one another, we just begin the conversation By saying you're a beloved son of God or you are created in the image and likeness of God or you are loved by the Father or Jesus Christ has given his life for you that you may live his.
1: And they did it.
0: And they did it.
1: It was amazing. I would be walking with Joseph on campus. This was way back in the day when we were teammates. Uh
0: Uh-huh. And... We still are teammates. Permanent (laughs) teammates.
1: (laughs) And... All of a sudden, off in the distance, far, far away, on the other side of a green space, one of the men would see Joseph and say, You are a unique and unrepeatable mystery! And Joseph would shout back to them something.
0: You are a beloved son of the Father.
1: And so here were these grown men that were studying all kinds of things that are way above my brain, and I am not a dummy. And they were just... Yelling these gospel truths to each other, yelling them from across campus. He
0: didn't care. We didn't care.
1: It was amazing. And then they started telling the women, you're a beloved daughter of the father. You're a princess in the kingdom of heaven. And it would just make our days. And it just was amazing to see the transformation and the joy and the freedom that started to appear in these men. And really, I think in the whole community as a result.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Other people started picking it up a bit, uh, at least within the Catholic community. And, and I think other people might've been a little bit, um, uh, I don't know, envious, jealous. I'm, I don't remember the difference between the two, uh, envious cause they didn't have it and they wanted it. Mm. And, um, but that's the thing about the gospel. I mean, we just needed to remind them too. And maybe it was where we fell short is we probably should have just told that to everybody, not just the guys that we were studying the Bible with. Um, so
1: I think that's a great segue into what we wanted to do. Yeah. We're going to share the gospel with each other and, and therefore also with you, dear listener, because I need to be reminded of the gospel. And I realized like going back to that verse 24 of, that paragraph, it's, 24, paragraph yeah. 24, it's unthinkable that a person should accept the word without becoming a person who bears witness to it and proclaims it in his turn. And thinking about, I go through these seasons in my life where we're proclaiming the gospel, we're sharing the gospel with other people, either feels scary or feels heavy or feels undoable or feels like too much. And realizing that in those moments, I that the touchstone of evangelization. Is, a, is apart from? I'm not touching it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I need to be re-evangelized all the time.
0: And you're not just being needy, right? Like this isn't this isn't like some inherent flaw in you. I need to be evangelized all of the time.
1: Maybe it's just the two of us. It that could
0: are
1: inherently flawed this way, and we're going to totally embarrass ourselves.
0: Whoops! <laughs> Never even considered that. Um. Well, if that's the case, people should just stop the podcast now and (laughs) go about their merry day.
1: Well, something tells me that we might not be alone in this one. I'm willing to take my chances. Great. Joseph. Crystal. Did you know? What? That you are good. Fundamentally good.
0: But I don't do good things all the time.
1: And sometimes not good things have happened to you, too. Oh, yeah. And that's because we live in a fallen world
0: then why do I feel like that shouldn't be?
1: Because you were made for more. You were made for perfect union with God, your creator. And you were made for perfect union with other people around you. And you were made for perfect union even with nature.
0: So it sounds better than the existence I've been living today.
1: Doesn't it, though? And I think that we can begin to tap into that perfect union more and more and more every day by encountering Jesus Christ more and more and more every day because he has lived and lives in that perfect union all the time.
0: So I hear this phrase, encounter Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what if I were to say that sounds really ethereal and not very, like, I don't know, tangible?
1: Well, here's the thing, Joseph. Uh huh. Jesus rose from the dead. So he came uh-huh. to the world as a baby, and he lived with us, and all these things, and we can read stories in the Gospels about his and life. And they've done that. But he also rose from the dead, which means he's still alive, which means he, he is available for us to have a relationship with in a really real way.
0: A really real way.
1: Yes. But I think... This is the beautiful thing, right? Is that because God the Father knows each of our hearts uniquely,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and God the Son is part of God the Father and has all—well, you know, whatever that all Trinitarian stuff. I know if I talk about it for too long, I am going to start speaking heresy, so I am going to stop. But, but Jesus knows perfectly the heart of the Father, and so, and the Father knows perfectly your heart, and so Jesus wants to meet you, and he wants to meet me. He wants to eat each person in a way that is going to be meaningful. He wants to meet you, meet you in a way that's going to be meaningful to you. So I don't know what that's going to look like for you. For me, he comes really alive in the stories of Scripture, and when I'm in front of the Blessed Sacrament, you look very skeptical and unsatisfied with this.
0: <laughs> I... Well, maybe I'm just feeling a little skeptical tonight.
1: Can you tell me more about that?
0: Well... So it sounds really nice, but but is it too good to be true? Is it too good to be real? Like reality has this harshness to it, but it also has this like solidity to it. Like I can touch this laptop, I can touch this table, I can touch this recording device, but I won't because maybe it will pick up a sound of being touched. Um, where's the tangibility of this encounter?
1: That's a great question.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My heart feels like it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like for me, that's where the tangibility is. It's in my soul. It's in something. We don't just live in a material world. And, and they're, like we can't touch love. We can't touch the the feelings that we have for each other. And yet we don't doubt that. And it's the same with meeting Jesus, that, that there is something, there's something about the spiritual encounter, there's something about that, the soul, heart, something that is more real than the things that I can touch, the things that I can see. And it's not scientific, and it might not make sense from a purely materialistic standpoint. But I know that it's real, and I know that my life changes when I invite Jesus into it. And I know that I've seen other people's lives change when they invite Jesus
0: into it. So it's worth a shot.
1: It's worth a shot.
0: Is that what you're saying? Yeah,
1: it is what I'm saying. And I guess what I'm also saying is that I really believe that if you or when I or other people stop for a second and say, Jesus, you rose from the dead bring new life into my heart help me to meet you the living god that he will answer that prayer if we listen for just a little while
0: so <clears throat> so let's say i'm open Mhm mhm what what next
1: we can say a prayer okay would you like to do that sure <laughs> This is not going how I expected it to.
0: <laughs> how did you expect it to go?
1: I, don't, I didn't expect you to respond so much. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. I want to wrestle with this a little bit more. Like you're making a really bold claim that at least today, I don't think I've been experiencing... Mhm. And every other day prior to day just seems really, really distant. So you seem pretty convicted. <laughs> You're giving me such eyes of uh, conviction.
1: All right, let's pray. Okay. In the, name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray. Jesus, you are alive. You rose from the dead. You want to walk into our lives right now. You want to heal the brokenhearted. You want to open the eyes of the blind. You want to make the lame walk. Jesus, I just pray that you touch Joseph and my hearts now, that you set our hearts aflame with your love, that you draw us deeper into your sacred heart, that you Convert our hearts anew; that you convict us of your realness, of your rawness, of your aliveness more today than ever before. Jesus, I help. I pray that you help us to understand what it means to encounter you. That you help the spiritual realities become more profoundly known to us than the material realities that are so easy to accept. Mother Mary, you received the message of an angel. You said, let it be done unto me according to your word. And you went forth to share the good news, to be with Elizabeth. Help us to believe in the invisible as you did and to be motivated by the goodness. We ask all this through the blessing of our Heavenly Father who made us, who knit us together in our mother's wombs, who knows the plan for our lives, that we might be able to fulfill his will more perfectly each day. Amen. Mm -hmm. What does your face say?
0: I got distracted. (laughs) (laughs) Was I supposed to be doing something? (laughs)
1: You weren't praying with me?
0: Uh, for a moment I was.
1: Well, all right.
0: I'm, I'm a tough case.
1: You are a tough case.
0: For the, you listeners out there, this is not play acting. <laughs> this is This is reality.
1: Today, anyways. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, getting distracted is a whole different thing than being a skeptic.
0: I mean... Depends on what I was being distracted by, I think.
1: Yeah? Mm-hmm. What were you being distracted by?
0: Well, I don't really want to talk about it. Okay. But I, I mean, I was being distracted by a memory from, like, uh, elementary school getting picked on at one point. You're just thinking, where was Jesus there? And uh, I wasn't picked on very much, but there's was just a particular time lined up after gym class, a kid behind me was pushing me. But every time I turned around, I wasn't quite sure who it was. Uh, So we weren't really lined up, lined up, just more like pre-lined up, mostly linear. And eventually I just started swinging my gym bag behind me and getting really angry and all the while wishing that there was, that I knew a different way. And something I've prayed about before, just this weird memory that sometimes comes back to me of um, not so much uh, needing a savior from the being pushed that was very small but wanting to be saved from responding inappropriately like knowing that responding to the violence with violence was wrong um, yeah
1: that's a space where you've had trouble seeing where Jesus was when you look back into it Mm mm-hmm Hmm. I'm not sure what to say
0: Well, like I said, you're making a really bold claim Um, And I think there's part of me that wonders Like, can he actually come and change me Such that I would respond better Such that I am capable of a better response
1: Such that you're capable of a better response now Or such that you're capable of a better response Like, you're capable of seeing what a better response would have been in the moment
0: well, I mean, I can think of a bunch of different responses I could have done, but that doesn't mean that in the moment now, if something similar were to happen, that I wouldn't fall into the same kind of mistake.
1: Is that true?
0: I don't know. People don't push me so much now.
1: Should I start pushing you more?
0: That sounds like a horrible idea. Why would you say that?
1: Because I'm fairly certain that you would have a different response.
0: But you don't want to be someone who pushes me.
1: No, I don't. That's true. But I do want to be somebody who helps you see how the Lord has been working in your life and how he has been transforming you. And I have seen evidence of that.
0: Oh, but what you've seen doesn't actually change what I see. Yep. So it's one of the hard things about the gospel. You see something the other person doesn't see. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Sometimes I even see things about the other person that they don't see.
0: Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about that?
1: <sighs> I don't know. I wasn't quite ready for that. Oh, not ready for that. Maybe that's why I get burnt out and hole up in a in a ball.
0: Very rarely do I see you in a ball. <laughs>
1: it's maybe just where I'm at in my
0: heart. Ah, that makes more sense.
1: Because I. I do see, but if it doesn't matter, then...
0: So what's the next step? I don't know. Don't give up on me. What would Father Joseph do?
1: I don't know. I'm not Father Joseph. Probably make you renounce a bunch of lies. Like what? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I renounce the lie. I
0: renounce the lie.
1: That I'm not a better man today than I was yesterday.
0: I'm not a better man today than I was yesterday.
1: In the name of Jesus
0: in the name of Jesus I renounce
1: the lie
0: I renounce the lie
1: that Jesus hasn't been present to me at every moment
0: that Jesus hasn't been present to me at every moment
1: in the name of Jesus
0: in the name of Jesus
1: I forgive myself
0: I forgive myself
1: for being hard on myself
0: for being hard on myself Nothing not so much. Maybe a little bit at the end. Other thoughts?
1: I'm not a savior.
0: I didn't say you were. I
1: can't think of any other thoughts. Do you have any? Um,
0: you, you could ask me where Jesus is in the memory.
1: Where is Jesus in the memory? I don't know. Is Mary there? I don't know. Or St. Joseph? What
0: do you want from him? So I'm imagining being in the gymnasium. Um, but there's nobody else there other than Jesus. And he's wearing the basketball uniform from the school. And so am I. Um, he's shooting a basket. And the three-point line, it goes in. And I do the same. And first off, for whatever reason, I'm shooting left-handed. And I do not get it in. I'm asking Jesus, why do they pick on me? And he looks at me. I tell him I don't want to hurt them in return, but I do want them to stop. He's telling me that's the choice I have to make between retaliating and being hurt. I ask him if that's really the choice. Um he's telling me that I can endure and when I look questioningly at, at him, he tells me it's because he can endure. I think I think the question I really am asking him is what kind of a man I'm supposed to be and he points at his uniform and at mine he's like just be like me No I mean more technically I think he, he's saying you are like me Then because I'm a hugger, I ask him if I can have a hug. He's adult size, and I'm still that size. So I jump up. he lifts me up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Mm -hmm. for sharing. Is that what you meant about the gospel being real and all that?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. I believe you.
1: (laughs) Is that all it takes? Is
0: that all it takes? (laughs) So that's it? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> Do you have more to add?
0: Well, in our notes, we said <laughs> that after you share the gospel with me, I'll share the gospel with you. <laughs>
1: we did say that in our notes.
0: Uh huh.
1: Would, would you like to?
0: Sure. <laughs> Um, it was really cool seeing Jesus in the basketball uniform. <laughs> um, anywho. So, um, sometimes when I talk to people about the gospel, what I do is I just pull out the catechism. <laughs> <laughs> I read the catechism to them
1: catechism is really good.
0: Yeah. So did you know that there's this book called The Catechism that came out in 1992?
1: I find it hard to believe it's so recent sometimes.
0: This particular catechism, yeah. There was a catechism after the Council of Trent. Um, Anyway. Um, This catechism begins before the beginning with a prologue. And before paragraph one, there are a couple of scripture verses, and I think they're really important for encapsulating the gospel. Would you mind talking about them with me?
1: I would like that.
0: So, opening page of the Catechism, it says, Father, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And that's from John chapter 17, verse 3. So that's Jesus in the upper room. Um as part of his high priestly prayer letting the apostles listen in on his conversation with the father which is sort of mind blowing in and of itself but what do you, when he says this is eternal life they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent what, how, how do you process that, Crystal?
1: I think that they may know you I am known by him first And he is eternal. And so when I turn and look God in the face, look Jesus in the face, I'm looking somebody in the face who knows me better than I know myself. And who is in eternity.
0: How do you feel about somebody knowing more about you than you? (sighs)
1: Sometimes I don't like it very much. (laughs) Yeah. And other times it's really comforting.
0: How is it right now?
1: Overwhelming.
0: Yeah. May I hold your hand? Sure. I don't do this (laughs) to present the gospel to just anybody. So the next verse, if you were overwhelmed already, (laughs) I'm a little bit tentative about going on. Will you go on with me? Yes. God, our Savior, desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. So God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So I guess I question I have for you, do you desire to be saved and do you desire to know the truth? Yes. Oh, that was easy. <laughs> so if you are curious about this salvation thing, there's another verse after the first two.
1: Let me have it.
0: There is no other name under heaven given among men, by which we must be saved. And then the the quote ends, but the prologue continues with, "Then the name of Jesus. And that's from Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, verse 12. Um, There's no other name under heaven given among men, by which we must be saved, than the name of Jesus.
1: Tell me about this Jesus fellow then.
0: Well, he's the one who said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus whom you have sent um so he's in your corner um he's letting you know what it is to be living eternally um yeah as far as the knowledge of the truth he is the truth so god our savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth so to come to the knowledge of jesus to come to know him um is he somebody you'd like to get to know better Mm -hmm. would you like to pray for him to be known by you better Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Do you wanna do you wanna repeat after me? Sure. If these words resonate with you. Um, Jesus. Jesus. I don't always live my life.
1: I don't always live my life.
0: Wanting to be saved and wanting to know you.
1: Wanting to be saved and wanting to know you. But right now But right now
0: I turn my heart to you
1: I turn my heart to you
0: I open my heart to you
1: I open my heart to you
0: And I invite you deeper
1: And I invite you
0: deeper was that? Good Tell me more
1: So sometimes When I pray I call it the throne room <laughs> There's a throne room That I go to in my imagination with Jesus They call it the throne room Because there's a a chair there. That's Jesus' throne. And we were there. And there's like closets lining the wall. That sometimes are. Mary cleans them out for me. I don't know what they're all about. But this time, Jesus and I were little children. And there was one and he started bringing. bringing presents out for me. <laughs> <It> feels silly. <laughs> um... It was like Christmas. And we were both little kids. And I think he's just reminding me that, that there's a lot more to the Christian life to unpack. And that it's gift. And that I don't need to be afraid of it.
0: Did he get to open any of the gifts? Not
1: yet. It's like Christmas. You gotta let it sit under the tree all pretty in the packages for a little bit. <laughs>
0: And that's what he wants to? I think so. How do you feel?
1: (sighs) All the things. (laughs) Um, How do I feel? I think I have been feeling anxious about what the Lord has in store for me and for us, knowing that he's a God of the cross. And I think I feel less apprehensive, less scared, more trusting. Knowing that he's the God of the resurrection and the God of joy.
0: Feeling a little bit more peace.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Less apprehension. Yes. Praise God. Apparently that's one of the fruits of the spirit. (laughs) Peace, joy, patience, kindness.
1: Let's not go too far here.
0: (laughs) I was just seeing how many I could list. Oh, okay. Getting distracted. Got it. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. So it's just that easy to share the gospel.
1: <laughs> Apparently, not for everybody. No, the good news is hard.
0: Well, I mean, it's it 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 has to address our, our actual poverty. Mm-hmm. If we're not willing to bring our actual poverty to Jesus, then He's not really going to do anything about it, and that's hard. I I mean, I. I want to be self-sufficient. I want to, I want to solve my own problems. I, mean, I don't want to be a team player all the time. And that makes it harder to receive the gospel. Um, I don't want to blame the culture, but I sort of want to blame the culture. <laughs> it
1: certainly isn't helping anything.
0: No. It's
1: almost like the devil is real.
0: It is like the devil is real. The devil doesn't want to know us to know what team we're on or what we're fighting for or how to fight or that we're in a battle. That this is a war, because he's already lost. He just—he he doesn't want us to know.
1: His souls are on the line. He's
0: lost, but more souls can be lost.
1: It's to take us down with him.
0: Yeah. So we got to fight spiritually, which means we have to remind each other of the gospel. It's hard. Yeah. There's no such thing as practicing sharing the gospel with someone. It either is a real encounter with the other person. An opening up an encounter with Jesus, or, or it's not. So we don't recommend, podcast listeners, that you go and practice sharing the gospel on, with someone. Um,
1: but we do recommend that you actually share the gospel with people.
0: And when things go bad, or you don't know what to do...
1: Say, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, in your heart as much as possible.
0: <laughs> and get the... I mean... Asking where Jesus is mm-hmm. and asking them to look and asking them to ask Jesus where he is
1: mm-hmm.
0: and giving them a chance to renounce the lie that Jesus is not there if they are already, you know, somewhat Christian. Um,
1: and Jesus says often when he does encounter people, what do you want? I think that can be a helpful reminder.
0: Yeah, because if Jesus is the fulfillment of all desire, then whatever it is we want, he will fill it better than what we've been able to express. So we can be confident in that. Healing is real. Redemption is real. Sanctification is real.
1: Are you sure?
0: I'm, I mean, pretty averagely sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Um, but like, what's the test? Will we go and evangelize? And, and that's the question of every day. You know, did I spend today receiving Jesus that I might share Jesus, or did I close myself myself off to Jesus? We talked last week about contraceptive spiritualities, you know, a spirituality that is not actually open to the life of Christ. This week we're talking about being open to Christ and then sharing him, because that is the life-giving thing, Mm -hmm. and that is how we maintain being an outpost, even when it's hard, because we're teammates. And if you're a podcast listener and you don't have a teammate, um, first off, you do. Jesus is on your team. He he is. That's just a thing. Um, he, he's on a team even when you don't realize you're wearing his uniform, but, but there are also other teammates out there, people who want to remind you who you are and who Jesus is and what his desires are for you. If you don't believe me, we could chat about it. Uh, send us an email, ouroutpost at gmail.com. You'd send us a Facebook message. We've got a Facebook page, a word from our outpost with Joseph and Crystal Gruber. If you think that what we're saying makes sense to you and it's worthwhile sharing, feel free to leave a review, five stars or more. <laughs> um, you could also write out a review with words saying, nice podcast, exclamation, exclamation. Because <laughs> with the two exclamations, people know that you're legit. That That's not just you. Being nice <laughs> really trailing off badly now
1: shall we pray or did you have some more I
0: feel like there was another thing we had to say to end the podcast wasn't there
1: the only thing that's coming to my mind is Jesus loves you which sounds a little bit cheesy and yet is so deeply and profoundly true
0: do you want to say the little story about that one from like a week or two ago a week ago
1: oh yeah just real
0: quick just real quick
1: so I have a, a holy hour that's early-ish in the morning, not anything too crazy. And as um, the guy that was there before me was leaving, and he's somebody I know, he comes to Joseph's Bible Studies. I don't know him super well, but um, but as he was leaving, he put his hand on me, my shoulder and he said, Jesus loves you. And then he left. And as he was leaving, I said, thanks, brother, you too. But then I sat there looking at Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament and and i realized that that the way he said it 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 didn't feel like a cheeky like oh yeah hey jesus loves you but it it really felt like he was saying hey i was just talking with jesus and jesus really just wanted me to tell you how much he loves you and i and i was able to look at the blessed sacrament and and feel jesus speaking to my heart a profound and deep love for me and and the, the verse that's coming to mind is with you, I am well pleased. Um, and it was really moving. Mm-hmm.
0: If you are an outpost in this neo-pagan wasteland, um, remember that you are loved by the creator, the, the redeemer, the sanctifier. You're, you're loved by God. You have a purpose in this world. You have a mission. But fundamentally, you are deeply and transformatively loved. The more you lean into it, the more you are transformed. And then that makes you capable of being an outpost, of being uh, a beacon to other people until it's not just outposts out there. It's, um, you know, Christendom again.
1: Mm. Just imagining all the outposts getting closer and closer together that a new front line (laughs) busts through.
0: Yep. In the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you are good to us. You love us. You know us, and you desire for us to know you, that we might experience life with you for all eternity. We thank you, and we praise you for your great goodness. We pray for our listeners, that they may be transformed by your good news that you have offered, that you have offered your Son, that we might find healing and redemption, that we might be made new, that we might be made partakers of the divine life, um, that through our baptism becomes a spring within us. I pray that we may be reminded more and more of who we are and who you are, um, and that we may live in light of that knowledge, that we might not be held back by fear or by sin, by pride or any of the other capital sins, um, that we might experience greater and greater liberation from sin, um, that we may be conformed to the image of your Son, that you may look on us as your sons and daughters, because you do and you are still working in us. Mother Mary, be with us. Wrap us in your mantle. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother Mother of God, pray for us sinners sinners now now and at at the hour of our death. Amen. Take my hand let's be on our way. And now, finally, I can say
1: from our outpost to yours thanks for listening and a special thanks to john mark Skoke.
0: that's s-k-o-c-h
1: for the music
0: check him out on spotify